Hi everybody, this is Dave Labas. Welcome to what is going to be the last episode of Please Clap Season 1. This is the last one that we have recorded so far. I just want to take this moment to say thank you for tuning in and listening to our ramblings. Uh, if you like what you've heard so far, check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash pleaseclappodcast. Uh, you can search for David James Labas here, David Eric Kelly, or Nielsen Munn if you want to get in contact with one of us. Please let us know if you like it. Uh, if you want to hear more, we can do that. If no one's interested, we'll probably keep doing this but not release them because it takes a little bit of extra work. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. Please enjoy our last episode this season. This is a podcast. Please clap. Hey there, sports fans. Welcome to Please Clap, the variety podcast that specializes in nothing in particular. I'm your host, David Eric Kelly, and here with me, as always, is Dave Labas Labassier and Neil Beforezad Munn. Hello, everyone. And today, actually, the welcome sports fans is surprisingly appropriate because we are here. We are here to talk a little bit about our beloved Boston Red Sox, and as opposed to our childhood love of the planet Neptune. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Less applicable to the sports fan. <laughs> Populous. But sadly, <laughs> uh, our Red Sox have been eliminated by the Cleveland Indians in the ALDS. In fairly humiliating fashion. Fairly humiliating fashion. We're all very bro- broken up about it. Um, Swept. At home. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I would say that maybe in this instance, if you were going to lose to Cleveland, probably better to lose at home because that meant the crowd got to show their appreciation for David Ortiz yeah. one yeah. last time. Yeah. One last time. Sorry. Yeah. The crowd... We get eight beats. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd was able to... I think they even brought him to tears based on all of the coverage that I've seen that mm-hmm. yeah. sort of like losing this season um, in this game was completely secondary to like we need to make sure David Ortiz knows how much... We love him. Yeah. There was almost a weird overarching feeling that once they went down two to nothing after losing both games in Cleveland, that it was almost expected that they would lose. Which is weird because like home field advantage if like the Sox had the same opportunity to win the next two games. Yeah. Like that's what home field is. And I don't right. think many people going into the series would have seen the Indians as favored, from what I was reading. Almost the opposite. Maybe yeah. that the Red Sox were mm-hmm. the better team. And the, the Red Sox do have a history of postseason comebacks Yeah. in dramatic fashion. Yeah. Against these very Cleveland Indians on their way to a title in 2007. Yeah, Correct. true. So, so yeah, I, I think um, with all that, it's almost like, why would you be so hopeless after going down to nothing but i felt like there was something in the air for all of our bravado and you know uh, confident boastful talk there was a certain feeling in the air among red sox fans that they're gonna lose the next game this is gonna be david ortiz's last game yeah yeah i think that that sense has been developed 
um, or had been over the course of 86 years of not winning a World Series. <laughs> yeah. And so for fans our age and older who, who remember that time, you know, that's it's just like even even having won three World Series since then. Yeah. Like that feeling of like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. And it's <laughs> funny, part of being a Red Sox fan, why I think there's a level of mystique and romance to it is that there's a camaraderie in complaining about the Red Sox. Uh-huh. Like, when the Red Sox got eliminated from the postseason on maybe the final day of the season in 2011, this was the famous season of the, the beer fried and chicken. chicken wings. Yeah. When they almost, due to poor physical conditioning, they started to slump in the late summer and early fall. And I, they got eliminated. fell apart. I believe yeah. it was the final game yeah. against like a third or fourth place Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And it also, the game itself was dramatic. It I was a walk-off, I think, for yeah. the Orioles. I remember watching it at my apartment in Brooklyn at the time. And, you know, when they got the walk-off home run, at that point we had already won two titles in my lifetime. But I was still kind of like, this feels right. This is the Red Sox. (laughs) Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. Yeah. And immediately there's a post on Facebook, like, being a Red Sox fan is like blank, you know, fill in the blank. People are commenting, utter devastation, you know. Which is not fair at all because, you know, we've actually been very successful in recent Three and ten years since 04. But that's what I mean is, like, when they won it two years later, after that, they won in 2013, that was almost, like, this feeling of being, like, an imposter kind of feeling. Hmm. Like, like, who is this team and who are we? Yeah, there was definitely a, sort of an upstart, like, what the heck is going on. Yeah. None of the projections are saying we should be nearly as good as we are. And yeah. it just seemed like every time they came up against a juggernaut they beat them yeah like they gained strength as they were going further into the season yeah and that team no one really thought that was a particularly solid team from like a money ball perspective or anything right everyone was i mean the stars were doing what they were supposed to be doing and then all of the younger players and kind of uh you know position players were just overperforming at exactly the moment when they needed to yeah which is how you win baseball games um over a long period of time. Yeah. But I remember when they started getting... They just had this mojo going into the postseason. It was just like they just kept yeah. winning. And, and winning sometimes in ways that were really unexpected and like statistically improbable. Yeah. Like there was a game, I think it was in the World Series, when they won with the pitcher picking someone off who was leading too far yeah. off first base. And it was one of those things you see them do that as a check to keep the runner honest frequently. Yeah, and he got them. But you rarely see them actually get them. It you never see works. those more in, like, kids' baseball movies. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Rookie of the Year, as but, opposed to, like, in a Major League Baseball yeah. environment. And that was how they recorded the final out. It was unbelievable. It was just like, boom, game over. Right. You know? Extremely anticlimactic. Like, yeah. the game, like, you were gearing up for, like, this... Like, a crazy strikeout yeah. or, like, a like, dramatic rundown. The Cardinals were, like preparing to go you know, take the lead back yeah yeah <laughs> and they was like oh they had base runners on probably had I the guess. tying run on the plate or something you know <laughs> i guess it's over now so when that kind of stuff starts happening you just feel this team has a certain level of magic and what was so weird about that season i mean it was wonderful but what was weird about it is that 
historically the Red Sox are more the opposite. The Red Sox are the team that has dark magic. <laughs> Where things unbelievable things start happening, a sequence of events you never could have imagined to ensure that they lose. Aaron Boone hitting yeah. a home run off Pedro Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bucky Dent. Bill Buckner. You know, yeah. I mean, Gold Lucky Dem was like Aaron. Gold yeah. Bill Buckner. I know, who's like a, a great player. If you go back and look at his actual record, he was like a, not just a mediocre player, and he was like right. an excellent player. So all that to say, I guess that's the one upside, in addition to just immediately pivoting to like, thank you, David Ortiz. There's a level of like, okay, we get swept in the first round, at least we can complain. Right. If, if not yes. to the world at large, to each other. We, mm-hmm. The grousing is what I grew up with as a Red Sox fan. It's yeah, just that Cleveland feeling. fans don't want to hear us, but we yeah. can we can complain <laughs> to other to other Red Sox fans. Yeah. And I know that sounds incredibly obnoxious. You know, we were talking last night about, for me, as a, someone from New England that's a fan of all the Boston teams, you know, I've seen so many titles, and it's really been fantastic. Like, all my sports fantasies as a boy have come true in my adult life and there are some fan bases that would kill just to get one title yeah you know um but there is when you when you go 86 years without a title there's a certain mythic quality and camaraderie that develops among the fan base that is also kind of good in a dark (laughs) way it brings people together United against a common enemy. Yeah. That being... Failure. It's failure. more, yeah, it's a, the common enemy is not so much the Yankees or anything. It's like implacable fate, you know? Right. <laughs> we like will never working, overcome this. Just the workings of fate and just that sense like, we were made to suffer, you know? It's our lot in life. Having said all of that, I do think that, like, the big story coming out of the Red Sox all year long was... This is David Ortiz's last year. And it was pretty cool to see how different teams like paid tribute to him on his last swing through their city, much like everyone did for Mo Rivera a couple years ago in the Yankees. So here's my question, and maybe this is too strong of a statement and you guys need to curb me back. Is he the greatest living Red Sox player? Those kind of questions are always interesting and, and tough. I remember talking with my uncle Kevin about who would you rank as the top ten Celtics of all time, and yeah. it's a good question just to, as a pretext to kind of hash through all the legends, you know, yeah. and relive some good memories. Mm-hmm. So we we were talking about this earlier. I mean, the only one that springs to my mind would be Pedro Martinez. I think that would really challenge uh, Ortiz. But he didn't really bring home even one title, let alone multiple titles, the way Ortiz did. Yeah, Pedro was much more a part of the team, not so much the driving force behind yeah. you know, dramatic victories against the Yankees. And we I'm were... not sure, because in 2004, he had a pretty big win against the Yankees. I'm remembering correctly in that series in, that he was when they were down three nothing when they were down yeah. three games to nothing that Kevin Millar's famous line don't let us win tonight was entirely predicated on the fact that because Pedro is coming back in the next game yeah and then it was mm-hmm. shilling after that and then it yeah. was shilling 
And then you get into Kurt Schilling and the Bloody Sock game, which is like Boston sports lore forever. <laughs> yeah. Legend. But before that. But before, was, right, yeah. Pedro Pedro turned in a great performance against the Yankees. Now, wasn't there a game, though, maybe Game 7, where... Game Franco- 7 was never close. Well, maybe, what was it then? Francona brought out Pedro from the bullpen in one game. Was that I the World Series? I think it was or? Game 7 as sort of like uh, flipping them off. Yes. Because Pedro had been like beaten by the Yankees the previous year. Yeah. And, so and that like, was the We're going to put him in to just say, like, yeah. haha. We're not we'll afraid, you. yeah. But game, it, game it seven was close. never close. Like, oh, I think, okay. I yeah, there was, like, th- I think there was a grand slam hit by the Red Sox. In. Yeah. yeah the I, do re- I do remember that, that though, that, that game seven, the Yankees had kind of reached a point of psychological collapse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As was foretold by the prophet Millar. As was foretold. <laughs> Four days prior. <laughs> but... So, okay, so maybe I should rescind my comment that Pedro, you know, wasn't instrumental in that 04 title. But I actually didn't realize until we were discussing it, he left for the Mets immediately after that season. Yeah, I guess I had messed up that timeline in my head, too. I thought he had stuck around a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but... At least in my mind, I thought of, because of that 04 title run and just how important that particular team is in my mind, I kind of thought of... David Ortiz and Pedro Martinez as more of overlapping Red Sox, but but Martinez was more late '90s was actually his heyday. Mm-hmm. By the time they won the series, yeah. he was reaching the end of definitely of his peak. You know. Yeah, his peak was awesome. Though. Yeah, I I mean that's like, a memory of my of like yeah. the '98 '99 maybe earlier era Pedro Martinez mm-hmm. of just total dominance. It was incredible. Uh, going back to last season, I think by July, everyone that was a part of the Red Sox organization realized that the season was not going to end in any kind of victory. Uh, so their their kind of social media presence shifted towards um, like celebrating Pedro getting um, elected to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And like kind of throwing back to remember how awesome he was. Yeah. And so there was a lot of you know videos were coming up as like his like you know fifteen strikeout nights. Yeah. Just like decimating teams. Yeah. I think I actually watched one of them at your house when we lived in Connecticut. What live? Watch one live, of those games. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember watching games where it was like unfair. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it was. It was like watching like the kid who's like got held back. Yeah. Playing in like little league. Yeah. <laughs> right. That giant twelve year old just like yeah. just yeah. ripping through guys. I think it's fair to say Ortiz has never had a single season when he was that dominant as a player. Yes. But his And he is lifetime... a de- he is a designated hitter, which means he's only affecting yeah. one side of the yeah. of the ball. Mm. But I mean his heroics in 04 alone with some of the hits he had and yep. the crucial innings there. Not to mention, I think the 13 year yep. in the ALCS, he hit a game winning home run, which is the famous one with everyone with yeah. their arms up, and the and the with the outfielder like yeah, over the legs wall, up, you know, and the the outfield cop yeah yeah, celebrating. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a, I mean that was great because by that point it was the Twitter era yeah so I remember someone posted a Twitter that just said hero period legend period genius period. OMFG. <laughs> um, I would say, <laughs> but when you th- but when you think of how long he was good, now remember he did have those two or three years 
in the late yeah, 2000s where terrible terrible starts to the season where he like didn't hit a home run until june yeah and um, you were like what's going on with pop like i remember in 09 thinking he's washed done. up why in the world are the red sox extending him mm-hmm. and then he was like back like as well mm-hmm. as he had ever been for the next few years and mm-hmm. he was incredible in the 13 season like the whole mm-hmm. thing yeah. So I just think when you look at his entire career of excellence that he brought to the Red Sox, he didn't have the peaks that Pedro did. Yeah. But he was there for so long. He was so good for so long that I feel like you do have to acknowledge his. Yeah. His place in Red Sox, like he's in the all-time Red Sox lineup. He has to be the designated yeah. hitter. Well, and the fact that he never left for the Yankees. <laughs> A yes. lot of our great players have done that. Just not even considering Johnny Damon and Jacoby Ellsbury, but Boggs and Clemens, you know, who otherwise might be good candidates. Yeah. Not to mention the babe. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just even thinking, you know, going I'm, back I'm a thinking, few years. I'm thinking living. People that are alive. <laughs> that was the too. question, you're yeah. Right. But so the fact that he didn't do that is significant. And in the fact that he was a part of all three of the titles that right. they've won. In he has league. more titles than yeah. any other Red Sox player. Yeah. So I don't even know. I mean, Someone from like the late the eighties era, Roger Clemens era, as good as he was, even setting aside the fact that he later defected to the Yankees, um, by way of the Blue Jays. Yeah, I know. After I don't want to get into the whole, you know, <laughs> everything that entailed, but he never won a World Series with the Red Sox, right? You know, so it's like comparing, you know, there isn't really even an analogy, but it's like comparing Tom Brady to some Patriots QB from the 80s or whatever who may have been good but he didn't win a World Series you know or didn't win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, also just just remembering this is our FN city yes. yeah from, oh yeah, yeah yeah from after the the Boston Marathon yeah. where like he said the F word yeah. and like did not get fined by anyone <laughs> yeah. right everyone was just like yeah Roger yeah. Goodell probably tried to find him <laughs> And was Through, had to be in had to be in, league yeah. had to be informed Just sniping by, him from the NFL had to be informed through multiple sources like you do not have the power to do that stay in your lane Roger but that was so interesting because that ter- choice of words that phrase was extremely well received yes oh yeah you know and in, in a yeah a very difficult time yeah for that city then just like to go from that to than winning the World Series. And, you know, as much as yes, sports yeah. don't really change things, but it's something that uh, people can get behind. Yeah. But there are, you do find that athletes and teams have special relationships with their cities mm-hmm. and with their fan bases. Something like um, the Steelers, you know, when you think of, like, the, the steel curtain and how they really took on the attitude, the blue-collar attitude of, of the city. Yeah. Um, and going into basketball, like LeBron James in Cleveland, and even, I think to a greater degree, Steph Curry in Golden State in Oakland, sorry, the Bay Area, they just have a unique relationship with the city that is unmatched by anybody else in their yeah. sport. And at this point, considering how long he has been here and everything he did for the city and everything he went through the city, and then... Like this is our F and city, I think yeah. David Ortiz might be the guy in Major League Baseball right now, 
who has the strongest connection to to his city. Right now, yeah, I don't know. Right now, for sure, who could yeah. even challenge him? No, at this point, um, no one, no one right now that's that big has the longevity. Right. I mean, we're talking, we're talking fourteen years. Yeah. With one team. Yeah. So at some point, you know, I'm sure there are Yankee fans out there who would say, "Well, Derek Jeter," but. Well, that's yeah. the thing that's interesting. As you've been talking, I've been thinking, could I picture Derek Jeter or Mariano Rivera having a moment like the David Ortiz, this is our effing city moment? Yeah, I don't I don't know about that moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously it would yeah. look have to look different. but it, I think it's just because there's different personalities. And, like, the, the love for Jeter in New York is still there, but not, not in that kind of um, almost flamboyant way. Just, like, just extravagant yeah you know jeter was was very like kind of kept kept his personal things close to him yeah um it's an interesting point because i remember in jeter's last season which was what two years ago or something yeah um, just the, the like phrase that was used to publicize it was respect yeah remember there was, was respect and it was a number two it was the the S S. Or something. and it's interesting you said it because i it, that that even that implies a level of distance. Like I respect you, I salute you. I do. with Ortiz, it's more of just like a bear hug, just yeah, like I yeah. love you. I'm there crying. Was a, you know, like a, David Ortiz kisses babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was you know a commercial, of mean? uh, for Jeter, like a Gatorade commercial, kind of tributing him, where he like gets out of his car early to like walk to the stadium, and like you know everyone's like loving on him and like offering to buy him drinks and stuff, but it was like. This this is staged, you know. This yeah. is a, this like Jeter is a, never did that. Yeah, this is a production, and I think the commercial was trying to say like, he's never done this, but you know, it's like you know, one last time. But even then, it was just like, I don't think he would do it once. <laughs> yeah. Or, and not out of like a sign of attempting to distance himself from fans, but that's not his personality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's okay, but just in the comparison to to Ortiz. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit, as a Red Sox fan, I was over the Derek Jeter farewell tour by the end of that (laughs) season. Like, that season kind of annoyed me. It was just like, oh, okay, fine, just go, you know. But I still respected Derek Jeter. Yeah. You know, I didn't see him as a bad person or anything. What I've noticed is Yankees fans don't have that same respect for Ortiz, which I find shocking. Mm -hmm. But maybe I am being overly delicate or something, but... (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I I thought there would be a level of just like begrudging respect, kind yeah. of the way I feel yeah. towards Jeter. You know, Ortiz also had a much better statistically final season. Like Jeter was not. Yeah, yeah. His last three years or so, he had he should not have made off. the All Star game yeah. had it not been his farewell tour. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's closer to Kobe Bryant in that way than yeah. than David Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Like the Yankees fans I was talking to at my office, though they were bringing up steroid use you know, and all that. So I almost wonder if it's like bleeding over reflexively <laughs> from the way they talk about Tom Brady, that, he, you know, they view Brady is just now reflexively, he's uh, a cheater. They're, they're all yeah. cheaters up there. About so them. now it's David Ortiz, like, oh, he's, he's beloved in New England. He's an emblem of Boston sports. <laughs> he therefore, must be a cheater. He must be invalid in some way, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's some of that. And any any home run hitter in the past 20 years is under suspicion for steroids. Yeah. Just because of, like, the how widespread it's it has been proven 
you know. Yeah. And um, of course, Yankees fans have had their own very public, yeah, basically breakup with A Rod. Oh. You know what I mean? So I think they feel like we A Rod got suspended for a year. Mm-hmm. There was like a public trial. Yeah. When he came back, we didn't really want to be associated with him or celebrate him in any way. Yeah. So to see how sort of maudlin and over-the-top Boston has been toward Ortiz is mm-hmm. kind of, an, probably annoys them because yeah. they think he's just as guilty, you know. Look, our guy is not a yeah a jerk. I, I just, I kind of love that A-Rod had announced that next season, 2017, would be his last. <laughs> and the Yankees were kind of like, um... Yeah, that's right. We're get, how about you take on like more of an advisory consultant role? Yeah. And they basically retired him in the middle of the season. Yeah, which is <laughs> they did not give him a farewell tour. Yeah, yeah, which is which is almost like as much as he's done. Like that's yeah, that's dirty. Yeah, like statistically, he is one of the greatest players of the generation. Mm-hmm. And the idea oh, no that doubt. yeah, the idea that the Yankees sort of like kicked him out, the, kicked him to the curb, he, rushed, pushed him out the door. Had had he finished this season, he was closing in on seven hundred home runs. I'm kind of glad he didn't get there. Griffey, did Griffey get to 700 home runs? I don't know. No, he got cut short from injuries. He's in the 600s. Yeah. In some ways, like, you know, we were just talking about the steroid era and everything. In that regard, I'm glad that as Ken Griffey Jr. got older, he started sucking. Yeah. Like, I, like it just it completely proves that the kid was untainted by steroids. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather yeah. have that than always be wondering, like, oh, maybe he took, maybe he and was juicing. We never have to worry about, like, the purity of the game. Just because his drop-off was so precipitous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it he, was over time, like, he got, he missed chunks of seasons due to injuries as his body started to slow down with age. And then towards the end, I think he, I think he ended up retiring mid-season just because, mm-hmm. like, he's like, I can't, I'm not helping my team. Mm-hmm. He actually like fell asleep in the dugout one day too, which oh, wow. was like, oh my gosh, yeah. he fell asleep in the dugout, and it's like, I don't know, man, I've watched the Reds play. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you seen a Red game? Yeah. The, maybe that's the reason that like one guy didn't vote him for the Hall of Fame. He had that like ninety nine point eight percent. Yeah, like <laughs> that's sad. Yeah. Well, I feel a little bit responsible for the Red Sox decline. Speaking of decline this year, because. They, going into the month of, well, sometime in September, I guess, um, they were on fire. 11 in a row. I never would have thought I'd be sitting here three weeks later or whatever being like, and they got swept. Welcome to being a Red Sox fan. They they won 11 in a row. They swept the Yankees. They swept the Orioles. They swept the Rays. And I was feeling great, flying high, went to see them at Yankee Stadium and they lost. And I'm like, okay, well, the streak had to end sometime. And then, lo and behold, they ended up losing, like, five of their last six and then got swept in the playoffs. So I feel like I transferred some kind of primeval curse to them. Were you aware that you had a primeval curse to begin with? No, and if my mother was here, she would probably <laughs> scold me for using such <laughs> idle talk. But Because... <laughs> You don't want to talk about having a hex on your head. The good news is that what I'm saying is it's not with me anymore. If I ha- I gave it to the Red Sox, unfortunately. Oh, it was a one-time use. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. my curse is not as powerful as the curse of the Bambino. It's just one season only. Right. But I do feel responsible because 
I should have stayed away. As long as I didn't actually go see them, they won 11 in a row. But hindsight, as, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. I imagine if yeah. you had the opportunity in a time machine at this point, you'd be like, I have to warn Nielsen, yeah. young Nielsen, not to go. <laughs> this does not end well. Young yeah. Nielsen yeah. of like three weeks ago. Nielsen of September 9th or whatever. <laughs> So that's where we're at in Red Sox Nation now, but at least we have the memories of, I mean, like I said, I can't complain. It's been an unbelievable decade. So. And, and they, they took the division. There are some great younger players. Yeah. Some of the big acquisitions are looking good. Others, not so much, but that's, that's give and take. You know, you sign a star, sometimes you catch them as they're falling. Yeah, who's the guy they're gonna have coming out of injury reserve next year? That was is that uh, is that Panda? Yeah, Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, Sandoval. Yeah. yeah, I mean they did they won the division this year without him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if him coming back will be good or if bad. If he but... takes on like kind of the Ortiz role, yeah, um, yeah. as a hitter, not as a yeah just human being persona. Yeah, yeah. but I think he's that. I think that's his skill set is yeah. you know hitting for power. So we shall see. Um, until then, I think we got some football. Yeah, I know. The focus now shifts over to Tom yeah. Brady's return. Uh, Joe Buck, you can take your time. <laughs> just, uh, no rushing, Joe. No, just, no rush. Uh, maybe take some time for yourself. I don't know. <laughs> Spend time with your family. Yeah. Retire. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us today on the... Please Clap Podcast with David James Labossier, Nielsen Martin Munn, and myself, David Eric Kelly. Glad that you joined us, and I look forward to hearing from you uh, in the future. Have a great day. Bye.